A while back, a friend shared a TikTok video with me in which a young guy was teaching something from the Bible, which he portrayed to be something that people had overlooked or which about which they had been unaware, which could be potentially paradigm shifting. What this young man claimed is that the Gospels tell us that Jesus healed a centurion's servant, but that the word used for servant there actually means same-sex lover. Thus, his conclusion was that by doing this, Jesus essentially affirmed and condoned rather than condemned homosexual sexual relationships. The story of this healing is found in Matthew 8, verses 5 through 13, and in Luke 7, verses 1 through 10. And it's about a Roman centurion who comes to Jesus and begs that Jesus heal his servant. Jesus agrees and says that he will come to the centurion's home, but then the centurion says that he does not deserve to have Jesus under his roof and that he has faith that all Jesus has to do is say the word and his servant will be healed. So, The question is, did Jesus heal a centurion's same-sex lover? The word in question is the Greek word pais. Interestingly, the word pais literally means boy in Greek. There's another Greek word for servant, which is the word doulos, but the word pais was used to designate a young male servant boy. This brings up the issue of pederasty and sexual abuse. As Preston Sprinkle explains in his excellent book, People to be Loved, Why Homosexuality is Not Just an Issue, it was common in the Greco-Roman culture of Jesus' day for homosexual sex to be part of the power differential in a relationship, but only as long as the dominant partner was older, of higher social standing, and in the penetrating role. This is often referred to as pederasty, in which Older men would have dominant sexual relationships with teenage boys. Both modern psychology and laws would deem these relationships to be unethical and illegal for multiple reasons, as they are abusive and harmful. Not only are they an abuse of power, but these relationships were physically, sexually, and psychologically abusive to the younger victim. Furthermore, Sprinkle goes on to explain that such relationships in the ancient world were not at all like our modern conception of a gay couple living in loving, consensual, co-equal relationship. For example, the penetrating partner in such relationships was not necessarily considered gay or even same-sex attracted. Rather, this was an act of subjugating the passive partner, and it was about asserting power. Power. Now, pais alone doesn't imply a homosexual relationship. However, there is no, uh, there's actually no indication that the centurion had a relationship with a servant boy just by the use of the word pais, or that they had a homosexual relationship. While these relationships did exist, to assume that the centurion was sexually abusing his servant boy based on the simple fact that he had a servant boy would be like reading that a man had a wife and then assuming that he must abuse his wife because some people do that. It's a major assumption, in other words, that requires a a giant leap that is not indicated by anything in the text. In fact, Luke uses the word doulos, the general word for servant, to describe this boy in Luke 7 verse 2. Furthermore, of the 22 uses of pais in the Greek New Testament, it is never used of a homosexual relationship. So the idea that this specific servant boy was being sexually abused by his master is definitely not something that ancient readers would have automatically assumed based on the use of the word pais. Furthermore, 
since any such relationship would have been abusive in nature, to say that this is an example of Jesus condoning or affirming a homosexual relationship is far-fetched and misguided. Certainly no one would argue that Jesus, by healing the servant, was affirming or condoning of the sexual abuse of a minor by an older man in a position of power. And that brings up the next question, would Jesus have healed a gay person? Although it's unlikely that this passage is speaking about the healing of a centurion's same-sex partner, the question remains, would Jesus have healed a gay person? I think the answer to this question is also very simple, and the answer is yes. Here's why I say this, because Jesus' healing of people never hinged on or depended on their level of personal righteousness. When Jesus healed the man who was born blind, he never brought up that man's struggle with bitterness, greed, envy, or lust. When Jesus healed the man with a withered hand, he never brought up that man's struggle with various kinds of sins. Healing is an act of grace, and grace, by definition, is not something that is earned or merited. It is a gift from God who, who gives to undeserving recipients. The message of the gospel is that God shows grace to sinners, and that's good news for a sinner like me and for you as well. As Paul tells us in Romans chapter 2, the kindness of God is often what leads us to repentance. Some recommended resources for your further study. I highly recommend the book I mentioned a second ago, Preston Sprinkle's People to be Loved, Why Homosexuality is Not Just an Issue. Preston addresses the uh, topic of homosexuality with both scholarly insight and tons of empathy and love. Uh, furthermore, I also recommend Justin Thomas's online course on biblical gender and sexuality. Justin is the lead pastor of Calvary the Hill in uh, Seattle, Washington, on Capitol Hill, and he's also a fellow leader in Calvary Global Network.